0: Welcome back to this edition of Wait a Week Mystery. I'm your host and author, J.C. Bodden. I've been sharing with you chapters from my novel, Someone to Watch Over Me. If you're liking what you're hearing and can't wait a week for the next installment, this book, as well as the other three books in the Devil and O'Quinn Mystery Series, is available from Amazon. You can check out my website, jcbodden.com, for more information and the link to my Amazon author page. Now, let's not wait any longer. This is Episode 124, Someone to Watch Over Me, Chapter 24, Distraction. Jenny's Story I stopped by the phone store on my way to class and was relieved that the insurance covered the damage and that said damage wasn't so bad as to mean all my contacts had been lost. Armed with a new phone filled with my old info, I went to class and then worked in the lab all afternoon. As time went on, it became more and more difficult to concentrate, I found myself alternating between worry and images of Wagner's chiseled chin and warm brown eyes. After the third spilled test tube, I decided to give it up for the day and go for a run. The October sky was a gorgeous blue, and the air was just crisp enough for the light jacket I had stuffed in my locker. I changed shoes and stretched before calling Wagner's cell. I know you're still sleeping, I told his voicemail, but how about if I meet you for dinner instead of you coming to pick me up? I can't get any more work done this afternoon, and I'm going for a run, so I'll want to get showered before we have our... I stopped before I could say the word date. Before we eat. So, um, when you get this message, call me and tell me where you want to meet. Okay? Well, bye. When I opened the lab door, Joe was standing at the water fountain beside the doorway. Oh, hey, what's up? He looked at me for a moment before he answered. The valve on this fountain sticks, and the water runs all the time. Oh, yeah, I noticed that. Joe fidgeted with his wrench. Going for a run? Yeah, it's too beautiful of a day to be stuck inside. It occurred to me that his eyes were the exact same color of the October sky. Be careful, okay, he said, worry crinkling his forehead. Don't worry, Joe. I can't help it, he shrugged. I patted his arm to reassure him. I'm going to stay on campus. I won't be gone for more than an hour. Promise. He looked at my hand on his arm and then back at my face. Got your cell phone? he asked. Yep, a brand new one. I pulled it out of my pocket to show him. Do me a favor. He held his hand out. Joe, after all you've done for me? Gladly. He gently took the phone. This is my pager number. Send me a text if you need me, okay? I watched Joe work the keys and waited until his eyes met mine. "'It's not a favor for you. It's another favor for me.' Joe smiled shyly and gave me the phone. "'Promise?' "'Promise.' "'Bye, Jenny.' Joe's friendship made me feel safe as I ran. I knew he would be there if I needed him. Then my thoughts turned to Wagner, and that brought a smile to my face. The other girls in the dorm were right. He certainly was good-looking.' The fact that he had asked me out made me feel attractive, sexy even. By the time I got to the dorm, I was feeling better than I had in a long time. When I stepped out of the shower, my phone was vibrating on the desk. Hello? Hey, there, how was the shower? Wagner, how did you know I just got out of the shower? Well, it probably has something to do with the message you left me. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I slipped on my jeans. So... Where do you want to meet for supper? How about Taylor's? The steakhouse? Yeah, what's wrong? Don't you eat red meat? Oh, it's not that. It's just a little expensive for my budget. Hey, I invited you. I'm buying. Okay, but isn't it a little high for a cop's budget, too? Not with all this overtime I'm getting. In case you hadn't heard, there's a madman loose on campus, and I've been assigned to protect the damsel in distress. Oh, I see. You're the knight in shining armor? Something like that. Well, okay, tellers it is, then. I guess I'll have to wear something besides my jeans. What about that little black dress? What little black dress? Come on, doesn't every woman have a little black dress stuffed in the back of her closet? Well, I haven't worn mine in a long time. All the more reason to wear it tonight. I don't know. Oh, come on, wear the dress. I'm picking you up in 20 minutes. I've got a reservation, and we can't be late. Jerry Duncan will kill me if I don't get back in time to relieve him from my shift on the dorm. You're not leaving me much time to get ready. So, shut up and get dressed. See you soon. I hung up the phone and opened my closet, digging out the dress in question, trying to remember the last time I had worn it. It was a good fit with a flattering neckline that managed to show my cleavage without making me feel slutty. After I finished pulling up my hair and dabbing on a little lipstick, I studied myself in the mirror, worried that I was overdressed. After all, Taylor's was a nice steakhouse, but this was still a college town, and the dress code was not particularly strict at any restaurant. In the lobby, my stomach felt as tightly wound as my hair, and I was having second thoughts, especially when I caught Samantha staring. Jenny? Wow, you look... Amazing, Jerry Duncan, standing beside the desk, finished. Thanks, I muttered, totally embarrassed. Got a date? Samantha asked. I'm going out to dinner. I'll be back by eight. I went out onto the front porch to wait, eager to avoid more questions. Outside, my heels clicked on the concrete porch as I paced up and down. Distracted from my wandering by a noise, I looked up to see Joe strolling down the sidewalk, obviously on his way home from work. I stood, hidden behind one of the porch columns, and watched his relaxed, easy gait as he swung his hat in one hand and his toolbox in the other. It was impossible to see him and not consider Wagner's accusation. But nothing Wagner said could change my mind, make me mistrust my intuition. Joe was one of the good guys, of that much I was sure. I stepped out from behind the column just as he got even with the porch stairs. Startled, he stopped in his tracks, staring up at me. Hi, Joe. Joe stood frozen, his mouth gaping. I giggled. On your way home from work? Still, he stood, his mouth wide, not saying a word, and I took a step toward him, thinking that he hadn't been able to read my lips. Going home from work? I repeated slower. Joe blinked a couple of times. Um... "'Yeah.' He swallowed and flicked his hat onto his head. Then he smiled. "'Damn, Jenny, you look good. What are you so dressed up for?' "'I'm going out to dinner.' I could feel myself blush, and I nervously smoothed the front of my dress. "'With your father?' Something about the tone in his voice embarrassed me. "'No. Carrie Wagner. The campus cop.' Joe's blue eyes darkened, but only for a moment.' "'Carrie Wagner, the cop,' he said with a nod. "'He's taking me to Taylor's, the steakhouse.' "'Taylor's, for steaks,' Joe said with another nod, his voice strangely impassive. "'I was beginning to wish I hadn't stepped out from behind the column. "'The crestfallen look on Joe's face was hard to take, "'even though I didn't understand the reason for it. "'It's no big deal, just dinner.' "'Joe squinted at his scuffed work boots.' and then back at me. He smiled, but it was a forced, unnatural-looking smile. "'You gotta eat, don't ya?' His voice now oddly cheerful. "'And you look good. Seriously. Great. Just great. Wagner will be impressed. I am.' The forced smile faded and was replaced by the genuine article. At that moment a tiny red convertible zipped up to the curb in front of the dorm. Wagner got out of the driver's side— "'Closed the door carefully and briskly stepped around the front of the car "'as he buttoned his sport coat. "'He patted Joe on the arm as he passed him. "'How you doin', buddy?' "'Then he bounded up the steps and offered me his hand. "'See? I knew you'd look good in that dress.' "'He winked and spun me around. "'Wow, Joe, she looks good, doesn't she?' "'Hi, Wagner. I knew I was blushing again.' "'Beautiful,' Joe agreed, his blue eyes never leaving my face.' She sure is, and she's all mine for the evening. I'm a lucky guy, aren't I? Wagner smiled at Joe and then looked back at me. Ready to go? He said, tugging my hand. We've got reservations, he said to Joe. Wagner led me down the steps and held the door open as I slid into his car. Before we pulled away, I smiled and waved at Joe, who raised his cap in salute and then pulled it low over his eyes so that all I could see was his mouth pressed into a thin line. The ride was quiet and a little awkward, the look on Joe's face still in my mind. I didn't relax and begin to let myself have a good time until we got there and I had a glass of wine. Wagner was charming and kept the conversation light, avoiding comments about Joe or the distressing incidents on campus. Instead, we talked sports, speculating on the remainder of the football season and the upcoming World Series, He was mildly surprised by my enthusiasm for both topics until I reminded him that I had grown up the only child of a single father. By the time we finished dessert and ordered coffee, I realized that I had actually enjoyed myself. We left with just a few minutes to spare to get back to the dorm for Wagner's shift. As Wagner pulled his car into a space in the dorm parking lot, he turned to face me. "'Listen, before we go in, I want to tell you something.' I laughed. "'You sound so serious, Wagner.' "'Yeah, well, hear me out.' He took both my hands. My heart thumped. His eyes were a deep brown, warm and reassuring. Instead of saying anything, Wagner drew close and kissed me. I was surprised at first, but his mouth was strong and tender at the same time, and I let the feeling wash over me. He pulled back and smiled. "'I thought you wanted to say something,' I said. Wagner lightly traced his finger down my cheek. I think I just did. Joe's Story Joe had trouble sleeping the night after the attack, and daylight was a relief. He showered and went downstairs for some coffee, then took up his customary spot in the bedroom window, gulping the hot black liquid and watching Willow Hall. Movement caught his eye and he saw a campus police car, lights flashing, pulling in front of the dorm. Knees weak, he nearly wept with relief when he saw Jenny come safely out the front door a moment later. As he watched, she and the officer moved to stand at the window, and then he noticed the broken glass. He finished dressing and sprinted over to the maintenance building for his tools and truck, pulling up just as the cop was leaving. Jenny wondered how he had gotten there so fast. How could he admit that it was because he was watching? that he had vowed long ago to never again walk away if someone he cared about was in danger. It was not the first time in his life he had been at a loss for words, but it was one of the most frustrating. That concludes this week's chapter of Someone to Watch Over Me. Thanks for listening. To find out what happens next, please come back for episode 125 of Wait a Week Mystery or visit jcboden.com to order the book. Either way, I hope your wait is a happy one.